Hello and welcome to week two of the Process Fantasy Football Podcast with me. Uh, my name is Aaron Larson, and I'm here to help you with all your fantasy football needs for the week ahead. Uh, if you didn't already know, I am a staff writer for the Fantasy Footballers. Write their Target Trends report or uh, Target Trends article during the season. That usually comes out on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. I also write DFS articles for Team Rise or Fall. I do a Yahoo DFS article and a stacking article. Those come out on the weekend, Friday or Saturday. And I also do the Fantasy Pros Experts Consensus Rankings. I'm participating in that contest this season. So I keep pretty busy during the week, uh, during fantasy football season. But this is my baby. This is the Process Fantasy Football Podcast. This is my own creation where I pick and choose the players that I am uh, really liking, attacking, or uh, possibly avoiding during this week to come in fantasy football. Hopefully this information I go over in the episode can help you with anything that's on your mind for fantasy football. Start and sit decisions are probably the biggest one. But it could also be waiver moves. It could be trades. It could be DFS. Uh, DFS is something that I've been getting much more and more into lately, as you could probably tell by the fact that I am writing articles about it now. Uh, week one went pretty good, so I'm a little nervous about week two, but hopefully we keep that going. So, anyways, this show, uh, I'm going to get into my process, which looks at matchups, which looks at trends. Snap percentages, targets, air yards, all those things. Uh, defense versus position, which we don't have a lot of data on that right now, but we do have some. We have one week of current data to work with, so we are going to do our best with that. Before we dive all the way into this week, though, I do like to take a look back at the hits and misses from the previous week. And we try to make more hits than misses, but there are occasional misses. For instance... I was down on Tom Brady last week because I said he would have to throw for many, many yards and many, many touchdowns to hit his ranking uh, where the consensus had him ranked. And he did just that. So not the best call on me there. I also really like Baker Mayfield in that Chiefs game. He played okay, but not really for fantasy purposes. And then I gave my trust to Saquon Barkley. That did not work out either. Uh, the last one I will, uh, I will mention two more that I missed. I thought that regression was coming for Adam Thielen. It did not. He had another great game, finished as wide receiver four in the week. And then I said I would start Anthony Ferkser over Noah Fant or Logan Thomas. And that narrative went the exact opposite way of what I predicted. Made a few good calls, though. I said that the Carson Wentz hate was too far. Uh, he finished as QB 18. Not great, but that's better than most rankings I had seen. Uh, I got behind Miles Sanders. He had a good week, and I, uh, I touted Melvin Gordon saying he wasn't going away. It helps to get a 70-yard touchdown run, but he definitely did not go away. I also said to temper expectations for Najee Harris in a tough matchup week one. And uh, yeah, Najee, he got all the volume, but it did not amount to much. Uh, better days ahead for Najee Harris for sure. So, okay, let's take a look at week two. Looking at the landscape of games, uh, we have what does not look to be a very exciting game on Thursday night. The Giants and the Washington football team coming in with an abysmal over-under point total expectation of just 40.5 points. Uh, things pick up a little bit during the week. It's kind of interesting looking at the slate that there are one, two, three, four, five. The five 
highest point total expect, uh, expected games of the week are all Sunday afternoon games. Uh, we have five of them over 51 points projected. So could be a lot of scoring late in the later in the slate on Sunday. And then our Monday night game is Detroit uh, at Green Bay. There could be a lot of points in that game too. We will have to wait and see how that goes. Okay, let's dive into the players I like. So the quarterback positions are the quarterbacks at the position that I am targeting this week. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I'm going back to the well. I know he did not do great fantasy-wise against Kansas City, but he had an okay game. He threw for 321 yards. He just lost all his touchdowns to Nick Chubb on the ground. Uh, I think that's going to change this week against Houston. Yeah, Nick Chubb should still be in for a good game and get plenty of run against Houston. Everybody on the Browns should have a good game against Houston. And if Baker throws a few touchdowns, which is very possible, he should be in streaming consideration for the week. Look at the way he finished last season. He had one, two, three, four, five, four. Four straight games finishing inside the top 12, including a number two and number three overall finish. Uh, against some good competition. So I think against Houston, fire him up this week. If you need a streamer, go back. He may have been dropped because he wasn't great last week. If you're needing a quarterback, he should be there for you. Uh, another guy that could be there for you is Teddy Bridgewater. He takes on Jacksonville. Another great matchup. Uh, so good that Tyrod Taylor looked good against the Jaguars last week. Teddy, uh, Teddy did all right. He was quarterback 15 last week against the Giants. Yeah, it's unfortunate that he's losing Jerry Judy, but the good news is Cortland Sutton actually played on 80% of the snaps. He seems healthy. Noah Fant was fantastic, uh, making my fading of him last week look bad. More on him later because I am turning around on Noah Fant. Tim Patrick uh, is more than serviceable. Talk about him later too. And KJ Hamler can be a game breaker. So Teddy Bridgewater, fire him up against Jacksonville. And then if you really need a deep streamer, Tyler Heineke against the Giants on Thursday night is not the worst play. Now, it's a little scary having to roll him out there on Thursday night to set your week off that way, but he does have a rushing floor, so he gets a little bit of a boost, and we saw him throw for 306 yards and a touchdown and rush for a touchdown in the playoffs last year against the Tampa Bay team that went on to win the Super Bowl. So we know he can play at least a little bit. You have uh, there, there are worse options than Heineke this week. I'm not saying start him uh, unless you need a streamer. If you're out of luck in a deep league, I think he uh, think he'll be okay. Okay, quarterbacks that I am avoiding. First of all, Sam Darnold. Great week last week, but now he takes on a New Orleans defense that just completely shut down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers last week. I'm not sure, sir. I'm not so sure Sam Darnold is going to fare uh, any better. <laughs> so. He was a fine streamer last week, but he is just a streamer going ahead. He should not be an auto start. And against Jacksonville, I am not going to be starting him. Tyrod Taylor, and don't be fooled by his good performance against Jacksonville last week. He did finish as the quarterback 11. Um, but he takes on Cleveland this week. And taking on Cleveland is a whole different story than taking on Houston. You can find a better streamer this week. Uh, I would play Tyler Heineke over Tyrod Taylor for what it's worth. Okay, running backs. Uh, first of all, I am going mainly with like a gut feeling here, but I am totally okay playing Trey Sermon this week. 
I know he was that surprise inactive, but he is going to be active this week. He's kind of going to have to be, and he's going to get touches, and those touches could turn into big plays. So I am absolutely okay with him. Um, I am good with both Denver running backs this week. Melvin Gordon had the long busted off run last week, but Javante Williams had he had more carries. So if we look at the uh, the usage breakdown, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams had a 50-50 timeshare. They each had 50% of the snaps. Gordon had uh, 11 carries. Williams had 14. So they're both getting touches, and they both play against Jacksonville. Again, great matchup. Either of those guys are startable. And could uh, either one could find the end zone. Maybe they both do. And then we have the backfield in Baltimore, which uh, supposedly now they're all the running backs are going to be in play, according to Coach Harbaugh. However, uh, I think Latavius Murray has the best chance to eventually take over this backfield. Now, I'm still putting Tyson Williams ahead of him for this week, but I don't think it's going to be long until we have Latavius Murray being the running back we want from that backfield. Uh, last week, he actually had more carries than Tyson did. Latavius had uh, 10 carries. Tyson had nine. So it was close, but, but Latavius Murray had only been on the team for less than a week during or when that game was played. So more acclimated to the offense. He has been the most relevant fantasy player of the group over the last several years. So I think he is going to take over. And I'm fine playing him this week against Kansas City. Like I said, also fine playing Tyson. Um, okay. Running backs I'm avoiding. I am going to go ahead and do an about face on Saquon Barkley, and I'm going to avoid him. Um, not just because of the injury concerns. And I know the uh, report came out saying that he is not going to be unleashed this week. I think that is the Giants leaking out the fact that they play a really good defense, possibly the fr- best front seven in the NFL. On a Thursday night, short week against Washington, um, I mean, Saquon did get the majority of the work. He had 71% of the Giants' carries last week, but I think we just know it's not going to happen on a short week against Washington with um, that bad, frankly, bad offense right now. So Saquon Barkley, better days ahead. I'm not saying you have to bench him. I think I have him ranked as RB19, but... That's pretty, pretty low for Saquon Barkley. Um, Elijah Mitchell, again, not saying bench him. If you have him, you probably just went out and spent a lot of fab to acquire him. I hope it works out for you, but I am uh, I'm terrified of that, that backfield. I think Trey Sermon has just as good of a chance as Elijah Mitchell to take it over. So, uh, and then don't forget J. Michael Hasty is still there too. So Elijah Mitchell, I get it. You're probably going to have to start him if you uh, acquired him with with a ridiculous amount of fab, but at least temper your expectations. And don't be shocked if uh, if he is not the long-term solution there. And he could be, but I am I'm avoiding that at the moment. Okay, on to wide receivers. So uh, Chris Godwin against Atlanta. I don't know how he's not ranked higher right now. I know that last week Gronkowski and Antonio Brown kind of stole the show in that Thursday night blowout. Godwin had a great game too, and he actually led the team in snaps, 98% of snaps played, and targets. He had 14 targets compared to 8 for Gronkowski, 7 for Antonio Brown, 6 for Mike Evans. So he was doubling 
uh, both Brown and Evans. He was in wide receiver 13 last week. It's kind of easy to forget because it was feels like a long time ago with it being a Thursday night game. But Godwin is the guy that you want to roster if you want to roster one Tampa uh, skill position. I think he is the best of the bunch. Moving on, uh, Will Fuller. Remember him? He's back. He served his one-game suspension, and he is back for Miami. So another case, like like Trey Sermon, we don't have any week one data, but we know how good Will Fuller was last season and has been in past seasons. Um, looking at this, the games he played, he played 12 games, no, 11 games, and he had one, two, three, four, five, six top 24 finishes, one, two, three top, top eight finishes, and a couple more decent ones sprinkled in. He was good last season. Miami went out and paid him. Um, got him another, got him to be another weapon for Tua. So I think he is going to come out and have a great week one debut. Um, another guy I just want to mention, uh, the rookie, Terrace Marshall. He had a pretty good debut, 53% snap rate, six targets, only caught three of them. But the point is, as a rookie, he is getting on the field. He's getting targets. And he is a very skilled receiver that would not be shocked to see him Score a touchdown. Definitely not an automatic start, but a guy that's uh, worth a flyer if you need if you need to chase touchdowns. Tim Patrick, definitely big on Tim Patrick. Uh, he's been kind of a hot waiver wire ad. He played 70% of the snaps last week. He got a touchdown last week. We know that Jerry Judy's gone for a while. I already said I like Teddy Bridgewater, so it just makes sense to also like Tim Patrick. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling against Detroit. You know, we, we kind of expect Green Bay to come out uh, guns firing against Detroit on Monday night. And MVS, kind of known as that boomer bust guy from the previous years, the, the Packer game was complete, <laughs> excuse me, complete garbage by the offense. However, MVS was out there a fair amount and he was getting targets. And the Packers and Aaron Rodgers appear to trust him. So early in the game, when it was still a close game, they threw, it was fourth and one um, inside their own territory. They The Packers went for it. They threw a little one-yard pass to MVS. It wasn't a bomb. It was a high-leverage situation, fourth down, and he caught the ball. So they're trusting him. That's a little tiny thing, but I think it shows a lot of trust in MVS. And if the Packers come out, you know, in revenge mode and trying to uh, run up the score a little bit, He's going to be part of that. Uh, last receiver I want to mention is even deeper, uh, but it's Anthony Schwartz, the rookie for Cleveland. This guy has speed for days, like not just good NFL speed. He was choosing between entering the NFL draft and training for the Olympics. So he has Olympic speed, um, and they are they're, they're getting the ball in his hands. He had five targets last week, caught three of them for 69 yards, which is nice. And uh, he carried the ball, too. He got a carry for 17 yards. Uh, OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., is out again. So Schwartz against Houston. Don't be shocked uh, to see him just take one to the house in that game. Okay, on to the avoids for wide receivers. And I'm starting with Adam Thielen again. Uh, and he led this category off last week. Now, don't get me wrong. If he is on my roster, which he's not because I faded him all season. But if he is, if I'm... If I'm you and I'm telling you what to do and you have him on your roster, yes, start him, play him. He obviously proved that he is still relevant. However, if he's on my roster, 
I'm trying to trade him away now because his value is never going to be higher. I still believe that regression is coming, uh, both from last season and from week one. I would not be shocked if that is the best week he has all season. Frankly, it should be. It was a great game. Probably the best he's going to have this year. I would be trading away uh, for the best deal I can get. Brandon Ayuk. Oh, Ayuk, one of my favorite players. I really think he is going to bounce back at some point this season. But I don't know when it's going to be, and we need to see it first. He obviously is in uh, Kyle Shanahan's doghouse with that quote that just came out today about he needs to be better than the guy behind him if he wants to get on the field. The guy behind him is Trent Sherfield. So basically, in the last year and a half, we have gone from Kyle Shanahan saying that Ayuk was a top-rated receiver on their draft board, uh, basically neck and neck with C.D. Lamb. They traded up to get him. They were happy about that. Ayuk proceeds to have a very strong rookie season, and now we're at the point that Shanahan is saying, essentially, Trent Sherfield is better than Ayuk. Uh, it's, it's a little maddening. I don't know what Shanahan is doing. I'm sure it's you know smoke and mirrors, but until we see more of him out there actually getting targeted, because he had zero targets, 47% snap rate, uh, not good. Now, Trent Sherfield didn't really light the world on fire. He only had 49% snap rate. But, alas, until uh, we see it, we got to just move on. Uh, I am not cutting him, by the way. If you if you have Ayuk on your roster, unless you absolutely need somebody to cut. But I am holding. Corey Davis. Corey Davis had a huge week one. Wide receiver five on the week. I, he is number one target for Zach Wilson and the Jets. However, they play the Patriots this week. And what do the Patriots and uh, Bill Belichick love to do? Take away the top weapon on the offense, which is clearly Corey Davis. Uh, plus, you've got Zach Wilson, a rookie quarterback, which is another thing that Belichick just feeds off of. So they're going to take the rookie quarterback, take away his best weapon, and uh, fluster him. And I think it's going to be a, a disappointing game for Davis, though I do think he is going to be good for the year. Not this week. Russell Gage, I was big on. I think we can move on from Russell Gage. He had just two targets last week. Now they play Tampa Bay. Matt Ryan did not look very good. Uh, yeah, Russell Gage, no thanks. Uh, and then two more guys that had big weeks last week that I'm a little down on. Jalen Waddle against Buffalo. I love Jalen Waddle. Uh, I think he's going to be a superstar in the NFL. But I'm a little worried. I mentioned Will Fuller earlier. So last week... Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker each played uh, or were on the field for 80% of the snaps. Now, who's going to lose the snaps to Will Fuller? It seems like it would be Waddle. I don't think it's going to be quite that bad. Um, so Albert Wilson, the, the next receiver up for the Dolphins, played 41% of the snaps last week. I don't think it's going to be that bad for Waddle, but that's in the cards. Um, maybe Miami runs out some more three wide receiver sets, but in most typical redraft settings, I am not looking to roll out Jalen Waddle this week. And then similar story with Christian Kirk, um, similar to Thielen, I guess, where like this could be the best week of the season for him. Uh, it is different though. He only played 57% of snaps, so he was super efficient with them. But for reference, DeAndre Hopkins, 88%. AJ Green, 80%. Those are the two starting receivers uh, for the Cardinals. Now, they roll out other guys, of course. Rondale Moore, 
only 20%. Uh, a little bit surprising to me, Max Williams, their tight end, played 80% of the snaps. So they were playing with a tight end a lot of the time last week. Not sure if that changes, but until uh, until we see like some consistency with Kirk. And again, Kirk's another guy that I have been on for years and really like him as a player, but he's been so inconsistent. Uh, maybe he proves me wrong, but I am trying to trade or just very much tempering expectations with him. I'm not starting him above some of my more more trusted guys. Okay, on to tight end. Uh, I really, like I said, I'm doing an about face with Noah Fant as well. He had a 23% target share. This dude is one of the best athletic freak tight ends we've ever seen from a measurable point of view, and maybe this is his breakout season. Um, I was all about Hawkinson breaking out this season. I still think that's happening. We saw that last week too. But maybe both Iowa tight ends from a couple of years ago break out in their third year. So against Jacksonville, uh, yeah, fire up Noah Fant. If you drafted him, you probably are. But I just want to speak to him and how much I like him. Maybe a nice sneaky DFS play. Uh, and then Adam Troutman, who seemed to have a disappointing week against the Packers last week. Uh, right, only 3.3 fantasy points. Uh, not good, but he was targeted six times, and the Saints only threw the ball 20 times. So he still got a good target share. Yes, he was overshadowed by Juwan Johnson catching two balls in the end zone, uh, but he is only targeted three times, I believe. So Troutman is the volume guy. There's no reason he can't get in the end zone. I don't have him as a top-tier tight end, but he's in that big second tier uh, towards the end of it, a guy that you can play. If, uh, if you need, I'd put him, I think I have him uh, without looking tight end 18 or so. So a little bit desperate, but you can play him. I am, uh, I'm avoiding Robert Tunyon, which sounds kind of weird, but uh, I don't think it was just the game script. He wasn't even on the field for the majority of the snaps last week. Only four targets. I think he is going to go back to the guy that he'll have a couple weeks here and there. But we know how, if we, we talk about regression with touchdowns, he should be right up there with Thielen as the, the big candidates for touchdown regression. He'll get a couple this year, but I do not think he's going to be a center centerpiece of the Packers' offense. Uh, and then Juwan Johnson, I mentioned him when talking about Troutman, but we don't want to just chase tight ends on low target volume. Juwan Johnson was only on the field for 19% of the snaps last week. Uh, not, not great. Um, yep. He got the touchdowns, but not going to bank on that from a week to week basis for a guy that is not on the field. Uh, not even a quarter of the time. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up with some defenses that I am liking this week. The Packers probably available in a lot of leagues after they just completely fell on their face against the saints and Jameis last week. But as I said before, they get Detroit Perfect bounce-back game at home, Monday night, Jared Goff. Uh, Green Bay is perfectly viable. Arizona against Minnesota. If Arizona happens to be out there, scoop them up. Not known as a good defense, but they absolutely shut down Tennessee last week. Uh, clearly, Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt make a pretty good defensive line core. And they play the Vikings. The Bengals defense looked above average against the Vikings last week. The Bengals, we thought, were going to have one of the worst defenses in the league. So Arizona's defense, which looked great last week, should look as good, maybe better, against Minnesota. And finally, 
let's uh, finish up where we are going to be starting this week. The New York Giants taking on the football team. I think you can start them. Like I said, Taylor Heineke, I think, is a perfectly viable streamer. But he's also a backup quarterback that could be turning the ball over. New York Giants have a pretty solid defense for as bad as their offense is. Thursday night game, things can happen. Uh, I am totally cool with Giants as my starting defense this week. Okay. I think I rambled on through everything I wanted to get to. So I'm going to wrap this up. I got through it in about 25 minutes this week. So we're under a half hour. That's good. Um, I didn't mention yet, but follow me on Twitter at AA Larson. Honestly, if you found this podcast, there's a good chance you found it through Twitter. But again, uh, at AA Larson is my Twitter address, Twitter home. Uh, and then for the show, there is a Twitter page for it. It's at the process FFP. Uh, follow that. But more importantly, if you could subscribe to this show on whatever podcast uh, device, device, podcast platform you listen to it on. Uh, and if you can rate it, if you could review it, that would be awesome. Uh, I'll be updating my rankings. I forget to mention this too. There is a website now, theprocessfantasyfootball.com. It's basically just uh, a podcast player and my rankings, but it's there if you want to see where I have everything ranked out for the week. Okay. Uh, good luck in week two, and I will talk to you next week.